So hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Killius, and with me as always is Aaron Richardson. Hi. Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So Aaron, of course, while we were recording last week, I believe it was during our actual recording, there was a competition bureau ruling, which would yeah. have been pretty handy to talk about during our last show. But the way that the timing worked is, and of course, we, we end up posting this podcast the day after we actually record it. So it looks like we missed out on that. But we're, we're going to spend a little bit of time and hopefully we'll talk about a little bit about that today, just what happened in the competition bureau, because it's fairly important and it could have ramification, ramifications in the future. So just... Uh, a little bit of background of what happened in case some, uh, any of your listeners haven't heard. So the tribunal basically uh, concluded that TREB, the Toronto Real Estate Board, substantially or completely controls the supply of MLS-based residential real estate brokerage services in the GTA. Uh, and the whole idea behind this is, is that um, they believe that TREB may be stifling uh, the competition in the industry due to the restriction of MLS data, in particular historical sold data in the marketplace. The idea is that the competition bureau, at least I imagine what they're trying to get for, is that it would be advantageous from a competition standpoint if there was easier access to this data so you can get better online services and access to the information from an, from a, a general standpoint of the consumer or so third parties could come in as well and create online technologies for consumers as well. So uh, what do you think about this ruling and how is that going to affect agents? Well, you know, following it, obviously being in the Toronto marketplace uh, for the last few years, um, um, first of all, we should we should mention that the the ruling we still are are not sure exactly how they ruled and the details of how they ruled. This was a bit of a media piece that was put out the day uh, a one pager that was put out uh, by the Competition Bureau that uh, the media got a hold of. So, do we have any details at this point in time? Um, we really don't. So it's hard to really comment on anything going forward without the details of the ruling. Yeah, this is just one small step in the process. It's like the agreement that something may be happening here. And then there was, there was absolutely nothing that came down in terms of restrictions or agreements that will take place with TREB in terms of their restriction MLS access. Um, but not only TREB too, this is this obviously is directly involved with TREB and, and the, the hearings have to do with TREB specifically. But this will have ramifications across the country as well, because a lot of uh, boards will have to follow suit as well. Um, yeah, so I mean, what do you think is going to come with this in the future? Is, is this uh, the beginning of the end? Or what do you think? Oh, well, no, I, listen, I said it before. Uh, I said it last week, you know, um, there's always going to be room for realtors, and there always has been, and there always will be. It's just the uh, the access to the data. And what, you know, technology is what's really changed over the last 10 years. So, you know, with uh, consumer access to quick information online, um, you know, there are many people that believe that, uh, you know, all that should be available, um, readily available all the time. I mean, I look at it uh, even from the U.S. standpoint, you see what's available in the U.S. I went to a conference, a real estate conference down in Austin once. And uh, when um, an agent got a lead, from an online source, they were able to, um, within 10 minutes, know uh, where they lived, uh, what universities they went to, um, the education level, how many kids, 
um, criminal background checks, how much they bought and sold their house for. Like they were able to know so much information. And that's the concern in the U.S. is this privacy, privacy of the individual. And that's Trev's argument in general is that this could violate privacy issues. Um, right. So I guess that's the two things that you got to balance is the privacy as well as the ease of access. Uh, and like you said, in the states, like they, this has happened a long time ago. So, and, and there still are real estate agents in the states. It's not like it's it's blown up the industry. It's changed it. Obviously, changed the landscape of things. But real estate agents will always be relevant, no matter what kind of ruling comes out here. It's just yeah. a matter of easy access to that that data. Well, that's it. And, and you know, they always say information is uh, is power. And, and uh, a lot of third party organizations, whether it be brokerages or non brokerages, or um, they want access to this information because they feel there's different models out there to make a, a you know make some money. So you know what? It's it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, I I, um, I was. Bit, bit of surprise, you know, hearing um, the one page and the source, you know, the media's take on it. So, but I really, um, you know, stress the, the fact that, you know, it's important not to, not to jump to conclusions and not to think that um, we're just going to open our doors and all the information will be uh, available to everybody. But uh, let's uh, let's sit, wait, and let's find out what uh, we do with the, uh, the the information. Yeah, for sure. And just like any sort of quasi-legal process, it's going to take time. So nothing's going to change overnight. This does seem almost like a, a, the preliminary bit, like it's an intention to to kind of keep moving forward. So it's just kind of another step in the way of, um, along the way of the process. So Yeah. Hi. So um, we've been talking over the past couple of weeks. I've been taking my real estate courses. Um, so we decided that this might be a good opportunity to talk to uh, our listeners about those agents that are just kind of getting started in the industry, like where you kind of go from there, how you get set up and everything, uh, or even for those that are already existing in the industry, like those well-established real estate agents, how you can, you know, more effectively get your business set up, put foundations and systems in place, deal with your sphere of influence and such. Uh, but before we get into that, there's just one thing that Aaron uh, wanted to talk about quickly, the Century 21 Future Leaders Network. Uh, it, it kind of ties into this because it is... Um, for newer agents with kind of newer ideas and such to kind of uh, help brainstorm in the, in the Century 21 system. But I, I'll let Aaron talk about because he knows a lot sure. more about than I do. Well, right now, um, I mean, it, I think it came into play a couple of years ago um, where Century 21 decided to create a network of individuals that were new to the industry um, or had just uh, had some success earlier on in their career. Um, when we say new to the industry, basically like-minded individuals in their 20s and 30s. Um, the average age of a real estate agent in Canada is creeping up to 57. So you could understand that uh, in terms of uh, competitive advantages and, and whatnot for a new agent that's in their 20s, it'd be difficult to get in and, you know, and compete with those people. So with technologies and um, new innovations and all the rest of it, uh, creating a network of individuals that that are of the uh, new demographics. Um, I, I think Century 21 is uh, heading in the right direction of, you know, getting some mentorship happening. I'll give you the description of the um, of the group um, as on their Facebook page. It says the Century 21 Future Leaders Network, uh, FLN, is a group of individuals who have demonstrated leadership skills, a desire to succeed, and the determination to make a difference. The Century 21 FLN is a trusted peer network for sharing ideas, strategies, and learning. Um, so uh, it started off with a, a Facebook group, um, and you have to actually be invited to join the network. Um, they're looking for um, 
individuals that have had some success in real estate yeah, that can share these ideas and hopefully maybe a couple agents per office across Canada. Um, you can be nominated by uh, a manager um, in your office. Uh, you can be nominated by somebody is, that is part of the group. Um, but if that's something that you know, seems like it would interest people across Canada, I, I think you should speak to your manager and see if you can get get a part of this. Maybe exciting. Uh, so, so what do you think the advantages of this are? Is this more to get ideas uh, for your for your office or for yourself as an agent, or is this more to like give feedback to Century Twenty One and try and get um, new technology in place, say from a corporate level as well? I think there's a few different things. You mentioned two of them there. Um, even from a networking standpoint, I know. Speaking, I was on a conference call today from one to two, and and the uh, the agents that were at the conference last year that were um, at an introductory sort of intro to um, to the to the uh, business, um, it was a breakout session or a session they had uh, to welcome all the new agents that just started in the industry, and it was put on by the uh, the Future Leaders Network, and they said that the biggest thing they got from it was they able to they're able to network amongst like-minded agents across Canada, you know, hopefully get some referrals and share ideas and. Um, and and I think that's an, a huge advantage, you know, uh, as well as giving feedback, of course, to the to Central Toronto Canada, bringing in good speakers, and yeah. And not getting too far off topic, but just talking yeah. about you know increasing that network of uh, other like-minded agents. Uh, in the future, we're going to be having an episode about National Conference in Vancouver, and I've always thought that that might be a good venue for that kind of thing too. I've been to a couple of the conference of the national conferences for Century Twenty One, and I've noticed that that is one big advantage that a lot of agents kind of talk about is getting that cross Canada uh, referral network in particular, and just network of agents they can work with. That's right. Yeah. Hey, anything else you want to say about that before we move on to the next segment? Uh, no, just uh, like I said, if you want to, you know, look or have a little bit more information about that, you can always email me or uh, contact me, or, or as uh, as I said, just contact your manager to see if uh, that's something you'd like to participate in. Um, and it's it's not just open to everybody. Um, it is, you know, a, a group of individuals that we want to um, make sure, you know contribute and provide the great information and and there's some mentors within the group that uh, that will help uh, you know other agents that are just starting out as well so for sure and uh, like we're going on our main segment here about getting set up as a new real estate agent but from uh, from my perspective too getting into this industry can be fairly daunting so it's always good to have that kind yeah. of peer network to work with um, so let's get into the main segment then so if being a new real estate agent coming to the industry, you've done, you're fresh off your courses. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you know bright eyed and bushy tailed. Where where would you go from there? How would you start getting business? Well, you know it's it's interesting because uh, I would say the biggest complaint or the biggest problem with agents coming out of school is uh, the focus of knowing where to start. You know who's going to take you. Um, along your journey and, and tell you, you know, this is what you have to do first, this is what you have to do second, and really focus and put you in the right direction, right path. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think it's up to the brokerage to provide that type of support. So first of all, you, uh, you definitely want to see what um, tools that you have within your brokerages. Um, but I want to I sort of center on a few of those things to point people in the right direction if they're listening. So, and you know what, this can, this can even be for, their, uh, for an existing agent that uh, maybe just wants to refocus themselves as well. The very first thing that we always talk to people about in terms of wanting to get business is not to start looking with outside your own sphere first. So the only your, your people, your your individuals, or we we'll call it sphere of, sphere of uh, network. So uh, it could be uh, past 
colleague, it could be a neighbor, a friend, a family member, um, their, you know, friends and family as well, you know, um, that's where you're going to look for your first business. And I, I think um, many different trainers all teach that same concept, but very few people really take it to heart. They think they can, you know, just, well, I'm going to start putting an ad in the paper or, you know, just start um, um, door knocking or cold calling. And, and they haven't even set up their systems and their foundations um, first. So it's really important that certain things are done. So maybe we'll go over a few of them. You know, I've been, I've, I've heard the speeches from different uh, other industries that start telling you, you, you got to start calling everybody and asking them for business and all. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's, it's the first thing you should do is learn uh, Client Connect in the online office system. Just learn how to input some, some uh, individuals into there. So, and what you'll do is you'll start taking um, maybe social media, maybe your phone, uh, go to your phone and look at your contact session, start writing down people's names, their phone numbers, their email addresses, and most importantly, their addresses. Find out where they live. If you have uh, their address, there's so much more you can do to not have to always be begging for business. You just want to start creating really professional pieces, you know, a newsletter once a month, for example. Um, if you are doing email touches, don't do it, you know, spammy. Um, the contact management system with uh, Client Connect allows you to create action plans. One of the action plans I created within the system is all the discounts and, and special deals that we're able to provide. And once every other month, I send out an email to everybody on my sphere of influence, um, inviting them to get a discount at the brick or, you know, Dulux paint or, you know, when they're, when they are looking to buy and sell, you know, you offer air miles. Um, and there's so many different ones there. So I'll do, um, an action plan for the whole year, every other month, just sending out these different little, you know, giveaways and, and, and it's, you know, it's sort of coming from the side uh, rather than, you know, straight on. But the very first thing you need to do is you need to create your book of business. Your business relies on people and you need to know as much information about people as possible. And that starts with your sphere of influence. And if somebody came to me and said, I have 25 people on my sphere of influence with addresses, I can tell them that's good for $40,000 worth of business. If you have 50, it's 75,000. If it's 100, 150,000. And that's just basic business. I mean, I'm not, not talking about re repeat referrals and, and open house and all the other stuff you can do with listings. But um, if, you, if you create that list and then start sending out those pieces, contacting people, sending out notes and birthdays and birthday cards and all sorts of stuff, you're going to have a very, very strong business going forward. Might be a good point quickly to mention to, I guess, the Canadian anti-spam uh, policies and such. I guess you'd have to contact these people in advance to say it's it's okay for you to send monthly newsletters to them, or what would you yeah. typically do from that case? Well, we have we we have um, within the con um, Client Connect system a anti-spam and uh, email that goes out to ask for permission to send them stuff. So there are ways to definitely be uh, be uh, you know. Uh, anti-spam compliant. Yeah, but in general, it sounds like the strategy that you're you're talking about here too isn't that kind of like in your face, like you know, newsletters you're constantly. Them. You're sending useful information and things that would be relevant and get people to open up your yeah. newsletter and kind of keep you in mind as well as being a, a real estate professional. Let's remind people. I mean, the, the purpose of the spamming um, coming in as a as a law in, in Canada is is the fact that you know it's for people that are taking groups. I've, I actually 
had to tell an agent that bought a thousand or ten thousand email addresses from a site across Canada or in the I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. But anyway, he had all these email addresses and he was sending out everybody an email. Well, and that's spamming. And yeah. that's what it's supposed to stop. And right? you know, in the case that you're saying too, you're talking about, you know, twenty five, thirty people from you know, your close family and friends. I don't think your mother's gonna report you for for anti spam legislation point. stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Listen, we we can be anti we can be spam compliant. But um I don't I and listen, I don't even want to focus on emails at this point. That's something that we can do within the client connect system that's that's useful. But uh emails are only thirty percent effective. I always point it like 30% of every email I send out is, you know, either opened or read or whatnot. So it's, first of all, only 30% effective. And second of all, it doesn't, it's not effective from a personal standpoint. You know, the deals are great and it's a good reminder and it's a good touch every now and then to get something from you. But the most important things are going to be things you do with addresses, the Popeyes, the dropping by the house to give a little gift, a, a pen, a calendar, a pumpkin at Halloween, uh, you know, all the different things that we can start doing with people as long as you have their address. So get on Facebook, start calling the people or emailing or texting, whatever you want to do with the people and say you're updating your database and you'd love to get their address, their current address. And uh, most people will give it, especially if they're a, a true sphere of influence for you. Yeah, I mean, this all seems kind of overwhelming as a new agent too. That seems like there'd be a lot to do. Is there a good way to like set up this plan or have these ideas like how, know how frequently to stop by or like, you know, how often you should be calling your sphere of influence because i imagine again it's a fine it's yeah. a fine line between b bothering someone and mm -hmm. and having like a useful cultivation of your sphere um i what i did and i didn't get this from any um i'm sure you know the the uh, coaches and the trainers that are out there have different ways of doing it and different ways of organizing yourself and holding yourself accountable i just created a spreadsheet and i had um, right from January to next January or January to December, um, set up as columns. And I had everybody list down in, in the list going down the uh, side. And every month I'd put a different letter depending on what I did. For example, if I did a pop by, I'd put a P. You know, if I if I made a call, I'd put a check mark or a C. You know, so you could, I could just keep in track of knowing who, you know, when and when I did something. The other thing is within the Client Connect system, um, I like that because it's a one pager and I could just see it on my wall and I can say, oh, geez, I haven't done anything with this person all year, you know, or, you know, I've just sent out the emails, but I haven't followed up with a phone call quarterly. So, yeah, if you if you want to, I like the I like the visual on the wall, um, but you always keep track of also within the client connect system um, in, in the note section, you know, keeping track when you sent something, when you talk to them, what you talk to them about. Um, did Billy just, you know, you know, score the game winning goal in his um, you know, um, hockey game to win the championship and you're going to send a little handwritten note and you put in there, you sent that on the certain date. So you can start going through your list of people all the time and you should be doing this once a week. Um, set it up, set it up. Um, yeah, I would say once a week, twice a week to, to put time aside, to make the calls, do the pop buys. Um, and, uh, I always say pop buys. First time I heard of a pop buy, I thought it was like Popeye the Sailor Man. I swear. It's, it's <laughs> Popeye. Like Brian Buffini, right? He's a trainer. He's a Popeye, Popeye. I'm like, what is a Popeye? What is this Popeye thing? It's just stopping by the house. And this is for your sphere. It's not for stopping by somebody's house on your street. Mm -hmm. These are people that know you. Um, but I can't stress enough. And then what's ends up, what's end up, what ends up happening is if you set up a good foundation for your business, you're able to now put people into that group when you meet them. So you've, you've done some door knocking. You've got a good lead. 
They, they called you back. You did a, a listing presentation. They're now somebody who's thinking about you. Put them on your sphere of influence. They know you now. So you start sending them little publications. And your newsletter once a month is a has to, you have to set up your newsletter once a month. You got to send out something once a month. And if you have an automated system to do it, that's what I suggest. Try not to do it yourself. Get somebody to do it for you. The professionals will make it look professional and you'll set it and forget it. And it's the best way to do it. For sure. Um, so for these Popeyes or Popeyes. <laughs> so, so what, what do you, what's, I, obviously you're just trying to maintain the connection with the client. Um, are you just, do you just go and you start shooting the breeze? Like what, what do you typically do? Like I imagine uh, a lot of people might go like have this Popeye on their schedule and they, maybe they don't know what they want to talk to the, to the, the potential client or their lead about. Yeah. Okay. Popeye, great question. Um, and let's go the Brian Buffini route. Uh, Brian Buffini is a big uh, proponent on time is money, and, and it's important that you're you're friendly and you go to the front door. He says, sometimes it's best just to leave your car running. So go up to the front door, <laughs> knock on the front door, say, I'm just, you know, dropping by my pen and you know, a little card there. And, you know, how's the family? Family's great. You know what? I got a bunch more to, bunch more people to hit up today. So I got to, you know, say goodbye, but, you know, I hope everybody's doing well and, uh, and have a great weekend and, and do something quick like that. I think that's Brian Buffini's. I, I don't even know if you have to, you, you have to, you know, rush it. I, I think, I think the important thing is that you're having a good conversation um, and, and you're connecting again. Um, you never know where that conversation and that, um, you know, how, how effective really it's going to be having that conversation with them because they could go to the, you know, let's say you're talking to the husband and closes the door goes, honey, you never believe who stopped by. It was, you know, Aaron, I haven't seen him in, in two years and he stopped by. How creative is this? And they look at it and well, he must be really good at what he does. Sort of, that's what they're thinking. They, they yeah. get the. I guess yeah. it's about keeping them, keeping you fresh in their mind, right? So that, it is. you know, if the timing works out, like maybe like, oh, yeah, like we're thinking of selling us, maybe we should give them a call and get them to come in mm-hmm. and do an appraisal or something. So I guess that's the kind of thing that you're you're getting out with this, too, is just to keep everyone thinking about you. So they'll, they'll be like, what's that? Yeah. Let's name that real estate agent we had like a couple of years ago. We really liked them, but maybe they just forgot your name or something. But if you're constantly stopping by and giving them like newsletters and, and uh, you know, business cards and such, that'll be a little bit easier for them to get in touch with you too. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, we have people that do, um, you know, say, listen, if you're ever looking to buy or sell, give me a call, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I'm all about the soft sell that personally, that's just me. I just, I'm not even going to mention anything about real estate. I'm not going to ask for business. I think they're just, they're going to know. They get my, they get my newsletter. They get my emails. They know I'm in the business. They know why I'm doing this. I don't have to remind them. Um, You'd be surprised um, how much business you get from them, not just because of what they're doing. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, my friends, they know me. They're going to use me if they, you know, you know, why do I got to do that? Why do I got to send these things out? You'd be surprised. I don't know how many times I've stopped by, um, you know, a restaurant and saw somebody I knew and talked to them and somebody else at the table actually is the one that's looking to buy or sell. And then all of a sudden they refer me and I give them a call and, you know, I've done business with somebody I have had no idea who they were, you know. Yeah, for sure. And it just, it, everything snowballs so well. So I imagine if you, if you can cultivate your sphere of influence, even if it is small, it will grow pretty rapidly over time if you're doing it properly as well. Yeah. Um, so is there any sort of advice you have to like the new agent getting in that's maybe getting frustrated trying to get that first deal or two to, to start getting an actual revenue in? Because I imagine like, you know, most new real estate agents, it's not like you're an instant success. It takes time. Right. Um, so is there anything you have to say to them? Like maybe stick with it or... I usually, you know, everybody is different. Um, some people come in with five people on their sphere of influence. They just moved into town. They only know two people. Um, and then there's people that have a hundred 
And uh, so it's really difficult to say that there's, you know, um, something to say for everyone other than um, one thing that I've sort of picked up over the last few months with Rob Vivian and his coaching um, that we're doing with our with our brokerage is it's a numbers game. You know, you can't rely on the four people or the four leads or the four people that you think are going to be next in line to sell their house or maybe buy something and or, or spend too much time on one person thinking, you know, they got to buy, they got to buy, I got to make that uh, paycheck, you know, and, and just worry about that one person. It's a numbers game. You have to continuously prospect. You have to be always out there meeting new people. You have to be calling your sphere of influence and talking to them and popping by their house. And, and even when you're busy, you've got a few things on the go, continue doing the things that got you that got you there. Most people end up, you know, they get busy, they get some, you know, a few deals done even. And then all of a sudden they, you know, just stop doing the things that got them busy. Right. Yeah. Don't get, too far off topic, but you mentioned prospecting too. Like if, you, if your sphere of influence is really tiny, let's say you're one of those yes. agents that only has four or five people starting off, you're just new into town. What's yep. a good way to grow your sphere of influence outside of your existing one? Like getting involved mm-hmm. in the community events? Like what, what can you do? Like you said, throwing an advertisement in a paper is probably isn't the best way to do it right off the bat, right? You need to make those personal connections. So how would you go yep. about doing it for, as, a, as a new agent? Uh, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of different uh, aspects and different things you can do. Um, it's important to focus on the things that you feel you're good at, uh, feel that uh, you know, sort of um, cater to your personality. Um, so if you're an extrovert and, you know, you'd be great door knocking because you're going to go, you know, and meet new people face to face, knock on the door, get, you know, they've never met you before, but you're able to make a really quick first impression. Um, that's fantastic. I mean, those type of people, um, it's almost they're born for it, right? Um, the other things to do, um, especially if you're, you know, you're not into the cold call door knocks type type stuff. There's tons of other, other things like join a join a group, an organization, a volleyball team, a basketball team, um, you know, the the chamber of commerce, a networking group. If you Google networking group in Toronto, there's about 50 sites of different groups that they have out there that you can come and network with other professionals, and you will get business from it. There's there's no debt. People will give you business if they like you just go make friends you know if you're a friendly person and most of us are we just have to sometimes turn it on and off yeah <laughs> I get somebody good i gotta turn on the friend that i gotta really be you know nice to people today well um, yeah you imagine if you went to real estate you, you probably have a little bit of that extroverted personality or at least enough that you think you're a people person because you're going to be in sales right so you'd imagine that most real estate agents have some sort of skill set to deal with that as well so i have seen and it's interesting lies i have seen um some really, really successful agents that have no personality at all. <laughs> and you know what? What they did was they played to their other strengths. Mm-hmm. If they're organized, they're diligent, and you know nothing gets by them, they'd be a great um, farmer. They'd be good at farming. Like, and, and people say, well, you have to go and talk. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can, you can, and you, you sort of have to be good with money too. So you can start in a small area and say, have a budget of $3,000, let's say, for a year of sending out flyers, right? And if every week you're out there sending out, uh, putting the flyer on the front, you know, just getting your name out there, eventually business will come to you because you're so diligent and you're so organized to make sure that everything goes out um, that people will start calling. And then you can really, um, Rob Vivian's always about one in four. One in four leads will make it through. One in four leads will work out. Just keep getting the actions, keep getting the leads, and one in four will work out. So um, th- those people that are more diligent to to have a, a plan in place for farming and sending out news flyers, 
postcards, all that sort of stuff, will get business. They will, and I've seen it. And there's one of our top agents. You know, um, she that's that's her thing. I mean, she does a great job farming, and uh, really impressive um, how structured she is. So, and uh, play to your strengths is the big kind of takeaway from there. Then I guess when you're trying to work on prospecting, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, with well, uh, trying to make sure we don't go crazy overtime like we did last week. Um, yeah. Just one quick thing I wanted to ask you too. Um, so you've mentioned the names of several trainers throughout our little discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say someone's come out of their courses and they're they're starting to set up their sphere, getting things ready. Are there any good training programs or anything that you can you can recommend? Maybe Rob Vivian or Buffini as well. Like the I well, I, systems play. yeah, no. So the the, the two that I uh, used uh, the first one I used uh, when I was in the business was uh, Chris Leader. And I use Chris Leader because he actually uh, had a program that you could get your CEU credits with uh, um, the continuing education uh, with uh, Rico. So I took his course and it was a you know a couple of weeks and you know came, attended his class every day and you you put together a whole program and he was very good. You know it's very structured and you know all the basics of real estate um, really gives you a good overview, good for new agents. Um, so Chris Leader was one of them. The next one was Brian Buffini that I took. And Brian is, there's nobody that does it better in terms of your sphere of influence than Brian. So in terms of building foundations for your sphere of influence, people that know you and to get people to like you, um, he is the one that uh, you have to take. I mean, and most people say, listen, you know, regardless of that, Brian Buffini is definitely worth um, every penny. So Brian's really good. Um, and then new, newly, um, you know, uh, recent um, was the Rob Vivian. He's been around a while. It's just I haven't uh, uh, used any of the systems before. And um, I find him very good because w- what it is is the consistency of the coaching aspect. He's giving you actually some really good prospecting stuff that you can put into place right away. And he doesn't load it on because it's a coaching uh, system. So this week I'll be focusing on this. Next week I'll be focusing on that. And then he tells you to just pick three uh, areas to focus on or three different ways to to get prospects and just focus on those three out of the you know six that he that he gives you so um he really does help um and get you in the right uh in the right path as well yeah i've I've heard Rob Vivian talk a couple of times and he definitely engages his audience and you get yeah. you get right in there it keeps your attention um so yeah. I'll, I'll put the the links for uh getting in touch with all three of those Brian Buffini Rob Vivian and Oh, Chris, Chris Leader, yep. uh, in the show notes if anyone's interested in getting in touch with uh, any of them and, get, and getting involved in their programs as well. So, um, so okay, so moving out of our main segment, uh, we're going to talk about our app of the week. And the app of the week this week is Dropbox. So Dropbox, and there's other similar services out there, Google Drive or Microsoft OneNote is our other two. Um, basically what Dropbox is, it's an online storage solution where you can put files either on your computer in your Dropbox or like from your phone in the Dropbox, and you can get access to them anywhere. Those files will exist in the cloud. It's a great way to transfer files from one person to another. You can create links that you can send to people via email where they can download files that you've put in the cloud. Um, it's amazing actually how many times I'll, I'll get an email from a client being like, I, I need to send you all these pictures, but they're really big. How am I going to send you them? I can't email them. Well, the first thing we always say is, well, do you have a Dropbox account? It's it's free. You get two gigabytes free if you sign up. Or the other alternative too is actually Century 21 has their own uh, kind of similar solution called um, online storage that you can get to through online office as well. Uh, now, I'm not sure what their maximum limits are, but it's pretty useful if you need, need to transfer a file or have like, say, like a listing presentation or something in the cloud that you need access to from any device. And mm-hmm. Dropbox, as I mentioned, 
mentioned before, has integration across all platforms, devices, pretty much anything that's electronic has access to Dropbox these days. So if you do need a listening, listening presentation on your, say, like your iPad or your iPhone or your Android device or t- laptop, tablet, whatever, uh, you can get easy access to your Dropbox files that way. And it does integrate seamlessly on your desktop too. So you can actually just create a little folder uh, if, as long as you have Dropbox installed on your computer. You can set up that folder as a Dropbox folder. So you just drag and drop something into the folder and it will sync across all your devices. Pretty powerful. Um, of course, this has wide ranging of implications across many industries, not just real estate, but it is a very important and useful tool. And it's the kind of thing that we, me and Aaron were talking off camera about when we were trying to decide what app of the week we're going to go with. He's like, well, Dropbox is a good one, but you feel you feel like almost everyone knows about it but a lot of you might not like i've i've have come across realtors that had have never heard of it before and it is a, a almost a ubiquitous tool these days however a lot of you may not have heard of it before and so definitely something or maybe you've heard of it and you didn't know what it was so it's a good thing to kind of check out um aaron so you use dropbox on a regular basis I'm yeah assuming? yeah i've been using dropbox uh for quite a while now maybe even up to five years um so uh, i like dropbox because it is so readily used across all platforms um you know google has theirs and microsoft has theirs, and everybody has a sort of a cloud-based storage uh solution um but dropbox seemed to have uh i guess taken the industry and got in there early and uh really is integrated so Anytime that I've ever taught or, or gone through in like an app seminar, I'll call it, um, I have about 20 different apps that I, you know, I, do, I teach and, and show how to use uh, in my seminars. I always start with Dropbox. And the reason why I start with Dropbox is because almost every other app somehow relates back to Dropbox. If I'm going to use a, um, a scan app, you know, I'm going to open it up. And, and open it up in Dropbox. So anything I scan will be saved with a cloud. So I can use it on my computer, on my phone, um, any of the other apps that I'm using for real estate, like a PDF reader or, or um, you know, um, let's say I, what I was using when I was selling, I, any of my documents I scanned in, I'd actually either scan it with my phone or I'd send it to a 1-800 line that actually turned it into a PDF that I'd open in Dropbox so it was saved. Um, it's just great from a um, you know a safety standpoint. Like you know, if you're gonna let's say you drop your laptop and you lost all your information or you've deleted something by mistake, you know Dropbox is there to you know I guess yeah they, sure they, they, it's a good backup. It, yeah, it's it it's pretty disaster proof uh, because it, it is really decentralized. Is. So that makes it that's really nice. So yeah, it it is two gigabytes free, and uh, you can actually pay for it. That's how they make money. Uh, if you want to get up to one terabyte, I believe, is a kind of their next tier up, their first paid level. It's twelve dollars a month, um, which is fairly reasonable considering you get one terabyte uh, of that's storage. Lot. That's pretty much as much as you're going to need, I, I imagine. Um, I don't know what you'd be storing in, in in there that would get past one terabyte. I'm sure people come up with pretty creative ways of filling up that space, but there is that option too if you find you are using it. But two gigabytes that's a lot, especially if it's only documents and such too, as long as you're not storing a lot of video or or large uh, large PDF files and say there. But uh, that should be enough to get you started to see if you do like it. And then again, they do have the paid tier if you need a little bit more space. The nice thing about Dropbox too is I've used it a few times where I've deleted something from my Dropbox because I'm cleaning it up. I didn't have enough storage or whatnot. I've deleted something and then uh, you can go back in the history of Dropbox and I'll actually say, you know, I want to go back two weeks and get a file I had there two weeks ago or or whenever it was. So it's good that way too. That's pretty powerful. (laughs) For sure. Well, um, I guess maybe we'll stop it there. We've gone a little bit over time, not as much as last week, thankfully. Um, So if you like the show, subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, 
or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites because it really helps. You can watch this and past shows at spotlight.century21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. Find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.